stuff. When I was growing up, it was when I was very young, you no, know, and I used to be a very good soccer player. And then uh, I hurt my knee, and then I said maybe I should go do boxing just for fun because I couldn't play soccer again. I just for fun, golly. And then I just said I have to go play soccer, and then play soccer, I hurt my knee, and then I said I have to go do boxing. And when I start boxing, I never did that was, you know, if it wasn't for soccer, I never become a boxer. Yeah, geez, eh? Okay, please tell us about your amateur career. Uh, my amateur career, it was very, 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 very good because I have nearly 137 fights. Amateur, I was an all-African champion. I won so many. Wow. I was Cameroon champion. I was an African champion. And I travel around the world, around Africa, and I win all this gold, all this gold medal. I know I have the very, very beautiful amateur record. Yeah, to separate, yeah. How many, how many amateur fights did you have, Sakio? One hundred and thirty-seven fights. How many? One hundred and thirty-seven. One hundred and thirty-seven. Wow, that's a lot of fights. Yeah, it was a lot of fights. Yeah, because he was fighting. Regularly in Africa and Cameroon, and then when I start go around the world, I went nearly around all Africa. I was in Egypt, like uh, Egypt, uh, Tunisia, mm-hmm. Gabon, uh, Santa Fe. Yeah, I've traveled so many ways. Wow! Yeah, just for fun. Okay, in 2000, you came to the Sydney, Sydney for the Olympics. You lost the first round of competition by decision to Canadian Scott McIntosh. Please tell us about your Olympic experience. Oh, you know, for my Olympic experience, it was very, you know, and when you go up like Africa, when you go up like young father, you know, mm-hmm. all you dream, you want to go to Olympic, you want to qualify, you want to represent your, your, your country for the Olympics. For me, my experience for the Olympic was very good. Just when I lost to Marcus Schultz, was very sad mm-hmm. because I didn't lose because you know it was the past. It was in 2000. If I always say I never get, I, I didn't lose because of loss. I get ripped, I get ripped off mm-hmm. because the score was seven eight, and then everyone get blue, and then we complain about the fast, you know, mm-hmm. get beat, you know, and the Olympic too. Again, you know, when you get beat one fight, you know, it's over. And then mm. we complain, we do everything naturally by chance. For me, to be for the Olympic, to represent your country and the Olympic, you know, or, or one young kid to go up, you want to be to, when you fight amateur, you want to be to the Olympic. And for me to go to the Olympic was maybe the dream come true, I didn't win the medal. Mm-hmm. For me, I enjoy to be there and then represent my, my old country, Cameroon to the Olympic. For me, it was just the dream come true. To represent my country to the Olympic. Very proud moment, eh? Mm. Okay, how did it come about that you remained in Sydney after the 2000 Olympics? Because that's exactly what you did. Yeah, after that, you know, it's because I was looking to go back home to go for the world for the world championship amateur in Canada, and mm. then I decided maybe I don't have nothing to prove anymore. I want to turn professional. I just decided maybe I should do. I, I should. Maybe give the show here in Australia, mm-hmm. and then I decided to send Australia to become a professional and see exactly where I can go from from there. Geez, mm, you got off to a great start. You turned professional in December 2000 against Ivan Vakulak by fourth round yep. disqualifications. <laughs> What's your memories of your pro debut? 
my memory for that pro debut was very, 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 very awesome. It was very good. It just it was it was good, and it was good to win. Mm-hmm. And then I was just very happy. I have this Mark Green, Mark Mark Pitt, and not you know, and Mark Pitt and not Sydney, and to organize this part for me, and then to try to me to start professional and not Sydney. For me, it was just the you know when you amateur, you know you want to become a professional, mm-hmm. and then to have your first part professional, and then you then you know and you want it. For me, it was just a great start for for me to mm-hmm. become professional in 2000 after the Olympics. And then I was just very thankful for thank you thank you for Matt to organize this fight and then to make me win this fight, my first fight in professional. Yeah, Mark Pitt's been on the show and he talked about that. Okay, you continue winning all your fights, most by knockout. And in October 2002, you travelled to Melbourne to fight Sam Solomon. You lost a controversial decision. What's your recollections of your fight with Sam Solomon? We Sam Solomon was just very, very, very hard. It was very disappointing because, you know, Japanese was in my corner mm-hmm. and then we won the fight because it was a map. It was his Melbourne, and then, then um, you know, how every time I always say, you know, it was just great to be there for mm-hmm. Samson. I won the fight, and then give that to Samson. And again, you know, you know, Jeff Phoenix, maybe he was like a McConaughey, he supposed maybe he knew exactly that I won the fight again. Everyone mm. said Samson knew that I won the fight again. I remember, but mate. And then your hometown in Melbourne, just, it was just very, very hard for me to go there and win the fight. For me to win the fight over there, I just yeah. supposed just to knock it, knock it out. And to try to knock Sam Samson out is very difficult because Sam Samson is coming to fight like me. Mm-hmm. He's a very fit guy. Again, mm-hmm. it was a very great fight you know, to me to fight me. The, just, the disappointment was just, I was getting ripped off by the judges in Melbourne. For me, it was just a good experience to go to mm-hmm. over Melbourne to fight him. Mm, okay. In April 2003, you won the Australian Middleweight Championship with a second round KO over Ar- Arama Tabui. Please tell us about the night you became the Australian champion. That must have been a great moment. It's actually for me to be in the show again. Fatna, Fatna, or Japanese Friday Fatna. It was just awesome because, mm. you know, that part we prepared very well because I have up and down. I just think this was the Australia. Australia champion, I'm going to fight wow. for me. We train very hard. I was just very pumped up. I was very happy to fight for the Australia title. For me, it was just, you know, when you're fighting for the, like, one of the Australia titles, mm-hmm. you know, you have to prepare. You have to make sure that you want to win. You really want to win. And for me, winning the Australia title, you know, with Jeff Phoenix, with all the ball behind me, when we sent 2000, to like uh, Vic Dachinian, Danny Green, mm-hmm. and uh, Bill, uh, Billy Billy Stan, and uh, Stan, you know, another Hamden, and Gary Sinclair, and uh, you know, last more to do for me to win that Oswata too for my first part was yeah. just because I was I was we was for the great team, great people, great people for spa, and then to me to win that. Also, that was just the dream come true. Wow. Uh, in your next fight, you fought John Wayne Parr, winning a unanimous decision. What's your memories of that fight? That was a great win, too. I remember it. 
Oh, we just went back again. I always had to take my head off for, you know, to say to John, John went back is a legend. Is the, you know, is the, if he, technically, if he, like, I was there, like, really a good boxer or I was very fit. Yeah. To me, actually, when John went back, he was supposed to knock me out because I remember now, what he said today, he hit me for some very good, like, right hand. Yeah. He wobbled me, I hold him, he pushed me everywhere to try to save me. I mm-hmm. cannot go nowhere, you know. To me, to fight John Wempa and beat him, again, you know, it's boxing, you know, you can beat someone, but when you beat someone, you can remember, see, this guy, he was just one of the best because... Yeah. That parent said one John Wempa hit me and I, I remember I don't know what maybe in the fourth round or third round, I remember that right hand to put it now. Mm-hmm. Again I just have to take my head off for John Wempa to be, share the ring with him. Yeah. To beat him, such a beat him. I can't try to say because I beat him, I was one of the best now. I was just because I was maybe more prepared and maybe because John John Wempa he wasn't a boxer. It was a kickboxer coming to mm-hmm. boxing again. Now I was a professional boxer. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just the difference between a boxer and kickboxer. And to the end today, today, you know, John Wempa, to me, to beat him and to, you know, to fight John Wempa and then win him and then say exactly what he did and kickboxing, you know, for me, I can just say I fought one of the legends and I'm just very mm. happy to share the ring with John Wempa. Well, yeah. that's, that's well said, mate. John Wayne Parr's going to come on the show very, very soon, mate. That that was a great win. Okay, at this time you were training at Team Fennec. You were watching others like Danny Green, you said before, the Hassan brothers, Victor Chenin, fighting for world titles, whereas you were fighting domestically. Were you feeling overlooked at this time, at the time, mate? You feel? Um, I was very yeah. feeling in there because yeah. in, the, in the team, it was just because sometimes, when they have you have the team like a they have the they have like a team Phoenix, fat and training and the gym and they see you said you are fit for this case. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was feeling inside there because the thing is maybe compared because I was and you know resident, I was just one black guy in this group and then yeah. one black guy for this group. How can you respond when it's coming for sparring? How can you respond when it's coming mm-hmm. to train? How can you respond when it's coming for run? And then for me, it was just because I was fit in because I was sparring like a Danny Green, sparring Channing Tyler, sparring yeah. all these big boys, and then sparring all these guys. I was always, because I knew that if you are not sparring good, or yeah. I'm not a very good boxer, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not supposed to be for this group. And for me, to be for that group, it was just, how can you stand up and make sure, you know, everyone then pull you and travel you, you have to present to you are the best in the mm. group. And for me, I was just one of the tough guys. Yeah. I can start everyone. I not didn't care who, who Jeffrey said to me today, said you're sparring. I just said, bring it on. And then said Jeffrey is supposed to say, if he was there, supposed to address it all. So I feel feeling in that group, he was just one of the tough yeah. guys. Nobody couldn't push it back. For me, it was mm-hmm. just awesome to be for that group, for, yeah. you know, that group in 2000. Share the same... The same training we, you know, the same training with all the young, uh, young fathers that used to be in like a, like uh, um, skinny Usain, Nada Usain, and Billy because Billy was one of your second trainer. You know, was just a guy who you know he knew exactly you know how to train us, yeah. how to be in the group. For me, I feel for that group. I was just awesome. 
You fitted in nicely, I can tell you. Okay, <laughs> in October 2004, you travelled to Japan and won the OPBF Middleweight Championship from Yoshihiro Araki by stopping him in the 10th round. Please tell us about that fight. Oh, you know, this was again one of the big experience, the second big experience for I me. watched it, mate. I remember it fondly, yeah, buddy. Yeah, travel to Japan, we uh, we we build it stand, we um, we the second trainer, <laughs> yeah, travel to Japan, you know, fighting this guy in Japan and stopping the ten run because hard to you, and then when you get the phone call, you know, travel overseas, you know, and mm-hmm. you just have to be prepared. And then sometimes when you travel overseas, you know, people pay you big money to go fight overseas. Yeah. It doesn't mean to go there. They want you to win. They want you to get beat. Yeah. And then for me, fighting Iraqi, you know, that guy, we start from the first round to the last, to the third round, I stopped him. He was just, he just, it was just awesome because it was two and two, me and him go back forth and, you know, back and forth, back and forth, the first oh. to the eighth to the ninth. And then when I saw you, I know he had, you know, he couldn't like, and then 10 rounds when I saw you, it was just that kind of power. If you right. wasn't very, very fit and very, very fit and very positive for myself, maybe I couldn't win that far. It was just because, you know, coming for this country in Australia and mm. being part of here, yeah, was just, want to be at the top. I want I want to I want to beat everyone I can send away and go there yeah. and beat in this Iraqi and Japan and oh. become the OPBF OPBF right. champion. It was just great it was great, just great win. A big dream. Yeah, great win. It was a great, great win. We're moving along. In May two thousand and six you finally received your first world title opportunity in Germany against Marcus Bayer. The fight was stopped in the fourth round due to an accidental headbutt. And called a technical a technical draw. Please tell us your thoughts on the fight. Oh, that was in Marcus Bayer again. fighting for the WBC World Title, and then maybe I suppose to be maybe seven, maybe world champion back then. Because mm. when I fought him, we we crashed the head, you know. And then the referee said to the people, said the the cut was under the eye, yeah. under he was on top. And then, then because in Germany, and then in the first round, they the only knew that this guy was just too strong for Marcus Bayer. Yeah. So in the first round, were, he couldn't hit were. me. Was, I was just hitting him everywhere. And the beginning, said his face was really turned like very black. The yeah. second round, the third round, the fourth round. And the fourth round, we crushed the head, and the, the cut was under the eye. Did and Joe Cortez, now I remember the girlfriend, and then Joe Cortez, and Joe Cortez said, the yeah. cut is under the eye. We yeah. can, you know, we can too fighting. And then the doctor come on the ring and then speaking to the the promoter and then the, because it was in the full run, then they want the fight go on and just say then stop the fight and they just say was draw. Mm-hmm. And for me it was just that time of you have the WBC and you hand after one second it disappear. For me it was very disappointing for me to lose my WBC with the market buyer. I have the bird for my hand, and I said, was drawn. I was looking maybe to get the rematch. I never get no rematch yeah. for me. Yeah, it was just unlucky because it was in the full run. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Marcus Bayer could have continued? I think yeah, he should continue as far as it's supposed to be continued because yeah. Joe Cotter yeah. said to he said for Joe Cotter was the referee. 
Yeah, he kept saying that. He said that, Jay Cortez, quite a few times, didn't he? During the he said was under and the doctor and the he doctor could've... and the promoter then start talking behind and just stop the fight because they knew that if we went the fifth round yeah. I suppose you've been a war because I was winning the first round the second round the third round and the fourth round was just unlucky because was sample and we crushed the head he got yeah. under under the eye and Joe Cortez won the, 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 the fight to continue and the doctor with the promoter and I don't know why they were talking behind and they stopped the fight yeah, it was just like very what you go sometimes, mm. and the people and the country do not have yeah. no power. Okay, Marcus Bayer is known in Australia for his fights with Danny Green. Did you and Danny ever spar? And if yes, please tell us about those spars. Oh yeah, me and Danny Green we spar too many times. That was Danny Green. <laughs> he didn't want to fight me. I challenged him because you know I oh. have to win very fast. I know how to. You did challenge. You did challenge him. Did you? Did I you challenge him in yeah. the past. Want to fight, and then he never want to stand me because I used to bash him, and I have to say that. Yeah. Say I not say that because maybe I will say I'm not careful. I used to bash yeah. him, and he sparred, not bash him like I hurt him every single time. He did. didn't want to spar me, and then when I asked him to fight me to challenge me, he said never fool me. Step for spar. He's scared to, like, he was scared to spar me because every time we spar, he kept black eye or broken him because I knew how to handle him very well. Mm-hmm. And that was every single time when I asked him, man, I want to fight you. And nobody didn't want to fight me because he knew I was just too strong for you. Because, yeah. I, because I was getting middleweight. I yeah. wasn't super middleweight. I was, I was middleweight. I was sparring this guy that was maybe light heavy or, or super middleweight. I used to bash them. Is that what if it's Danny Green, you ask him or you mm. ask anyone, he never wants to spam me again. Yeah. And didn't want to like he didn't want to fan me. But for me This is a radio show where you can let it all out, mate. In fact, he's been in there and then Danny Green who today he said them said them no, that was very popular in Australia mm-hmm. and yeah. then he didn't want to fan me and then he would just feel I say no. And nobody really want, never say that. Say what this guy, what Daniel Green really wants to pass at you. Yeah. You know, it was just a little bit disappointed because the major then was behind yeah. Daniel Green supporting it. And they never give me really the chance to say yeah. why you can't pass at you because. Because yeah. one, they didn't want to start me again in the gym. If someone didn't want to start you in the gym and then you middle yeah. with it, super middle with no, yeah. you have to know they were just too scared. He didn't want to take the risk to fight oh. me because you said before me, we get beat. I, I wouldn't want to fight you either, mate. Jesus. <laughs> okay, in October 2006, now this was a top fight. This You travelled to England and lost a 12-round decision to Joe Kalazaki. Please tell us about the fight. It was a ripper. Oh, that was good. It was one of the classic fights. Is that on classic? Time. You always, yeah, one of the classic fights on time. When you go to a different country like England to fight one of the undefeated world, no? world champion like Joe Kalazaki, and then you go there, you give you one of the tough fights, and sometimes he was there. Maybe in the eighth or seventh round, he asked sometimes if you went, you get, you went to the video, he asked for his father, what can I do? Tell his father, I couldn't get no answer to tell him. <laughs> because it would, there was just too much pressure. Yeah. And then I put too much pressure. And then the fight was, you know, how I always say for people, Joe Kazaki is one of the greatest fights. I fooled him, you know. Maybe if he then turned the sound for the television, Mm-hmm. And then just see who's winning the fight. Maybe then we say Sako win the fight again. I know how to say a bash Joe Kazaki. I was just very happy to share the ring with Joe Kazaki. 
and the end of the day, Joe Kazaki say to everyone, say, well, that fight was one of the tough fights for Korea. Mm. And for me, it's just telling how people around the world say, you know, how better fight I was. And we say maybe I just didn't get the really chance, or not the chance, but I get the chance to fight out the best father. Yeah. Maybe I was just very, everyone, I fought Joe Kazaki because I was just very fit. Yeah. And then he knew they can go 12 rounds and with yeah. me, if he wasn't like very, very fit, and then really mm. get prepared, maybe I was supposed to stop it. Again, for the mm. end of the day, I was just very happy to share the room with Joe Kazaki, and Mate. I was very happy to, to say again, Bleak. his fight was one of the, my yeah. father, he was one of the toughest fights for Korea. It sure was. Well, he, well, Kazaki retired undefeated. He defeated the the legends of, like, the likes of Roy Jones, Bernard Hopkins. He rates you... Right, Sakio, he rated you as the toughest fight of his career. Yet he fought Roy Jones and Bernard Hong, Bernard Bernard Hopkins. In June 2007, you travelled to Canada and fought undefeated and future world champion Lucina Butty. You lost a 12-round decision, unanimous decision. What's your memories of the of the Butty fight? Uh, Am I saying that right? Lucien Butty. Butty. Yeah, Lucien Butty. Uh, that fight, you know. If he, that was, I always say for another one to, which I, I, I have to be not fair because this is just on the radio. People listen to me and people that have to know, and people they know that you can meet your family same bit in Canada. And then people step in the journal and say, Thank you, win. If you fight in some guy to have run, you know, you're like a partner, your promoter. And if it's me, if you only have, mm-hmm. I only win maybe mm-hmm. in the first six rounds yeah. or the first five rounds. I win all the first five rounds. Do you think I can win? I can use the fight? Yeah. That was the question. I win the first five rounds, the first, the second, yeah. the third, and the fourth, and the fifth. If I win the first, if I win the first five rounds, then that was I just say, you know, with me, it was just that type of, because people, I used to go count for people, fat people like uh, Lucien Bitter. I don't restore. If I always, people only know that that was some time for me because this was the past. Not never changed. But the people that listen to the radio mm-hmm. now and the people that know Sarko Baker, they know say, all, all my seven loss or maybe seven loss or or six loss or whatever. It wasn't a loss. It was just the people you fought in their home country and yeah. then sometimes you don't have mm-hmm. no power. To give you the the victory, yeah. and then you get ripped off again. Sometimes you don't want to ask for the rematch. You never get the rematch. Mm. To make you fight again, the same beauty in Canada, and get ripped off. It was just yeah. that calm of unlucky. I can say sometimes I'm lucky. But the thing is, yeah. I fought the same beauty, then rip me off. It become a world champion after the RBF. I suppose you've been to the world champion that mm-hmm. back then. Maybe I was with, with Marcus Byers, with distributed yeah. the RBF number one position. I didn't win them, but the thing is, I was just very unlucky. Yeah, so everywhere you I go, were. I you always were. get ripped off, and the fight can always go for 12 rounds, and I never get hurt. And all these guys, so when I phone them, every time I ask them the rematch, they never want to give me a rematch. They didn't want to fight me again. No way. Yeah. Because I'm just not saying they were just very no. lucky to win the fight. 
No, well, mate, this interview's getting better now. Later in 2007, you were chosen to compete in the American Contender Series with Sylvester Stallone and Sugar Ray Leonard. You went on and won the tournament. Please tell us about your contender experience. Oh, the contender experience was very, very awesome. Is is that one because after when I fought Richard Butte in Canada, we get the phone call for Andrew Harder. Andrew Harder, then said to say, "Oh, so they want you to come to, they want you to be in the in the part of the contender." And then because I will get, I will get, I get ripped, I get like a ripped off, then get ripped off. I love the way you say that, Saki. Eh? I love the way you say ripped off. You say it with full yes. meaning, mate. <laughs> yes, we get, I get ripped off and reduce them between yeah. Canada. I get a phone call and they ring Angelo. They ask for Angelo if they want me to, mm-hmm. like, to, they want me to come in the contender. And I say to Angelo, you know what? Yeah. We have to go to school. We need to think about it. I'm not sure because I applied before and they refused me. And I come to Australia and then. Uh, well, I was there maybe for two weeks, and I, I called Andrew. I said for Andrew, okay, maybe yes, we can, we have, we can go do the contender. And then my husband with the contender was just well, next, was great because the next the, the, content, the next question the next the, question is after well is that what you're talking about after the contender? No, no, yeah, we're talking about the contender. Yeah, yeah. after yeah. the contender. Yeah, the contender. The experience was very good because when I went there, mm-hmm. it was just that kind of like that kind of you get locked up in the ring like big yeah. brother. You don't have to do nothing. Yeah. You just have to focus for interviews. Like, uh, they just look, they know what, they wasn't looking technically like uh, to boxing. They were just looking about the story. Yeah. And for me, it was very great experience to get locked up maybe for two weeks inside the house with some people, you know, you never know, like people from America, England, Australia, I was there with, with, yeah. what a with, with some someone, you know. Wonderful. And then for me, being inside there and then win this the contender, it was because I said to you again, when you see all my past, my past record, fighting Joker, that is fighting, fighting, uh, Lucien Beauty, fighting like uh, Marcus mm. Bayer, because I was maybe one of the fathers and the, and the, and that tournament. But the thing is, it yeah. wasn't there for the tournament, it was just there for story. Mm-hmm. And then when I win that, it was just, it was a great, great part of your career, wasn't it? Wait, w- w- it was the best, best part of your career, you think? Yeah, it was part of the part of the career because yeah. after that, the fight was one of the best. I, it, the fight in 2017, the contender was one of the best fights in 2000. Yeah. I was supposed to win one of the best fights. But the thing is, when we went there from the ceremony, we were supposed to be one of the best fights in 2007. Yeah. I was supposed to win it, and then didn't give mm. to me. Then give that for flu. My way that done. I was coming second. Okay. This, okay. Yeah. Let's move on. After that contender victory, now many in Australia wanted to see you fight Anthony Mundine, but this fight never eventuated. Please tell us if you were offered a fight with Mundine, and if it happened, how do you think you would have gone? Oh, with Mundine, not never, because Mundine can with spar once and no one to spar again. They never offered another guy that didn't want to spar you. My goodness. Yep, and then that's free, Mandin, guys. Yes, Mandy never want to fight me because uh, every single time when they ask me, Sakyo, why never want to fight Mandy? And say, well, I never mm. get no offer and they always pretend. We're all hoping that fight would come off, Sakyo, you and Mandy. We every boxing fan in Australia was hoping that fight would eventuate, but it never bloody did. 
That's a shame. Yeah, I'm a bad day because then you you know poor you the promoter they didn't want to find me because said you manager and Kodonasa Kodonasa every single time I used to ask him say Kodonasa when did you want me to find my name all for me all for me something he always say he all for me something but they never want to offer they never offer me nothing and then for me again I never I never see me but I supposed to be managing I was just very shamed that never happened. And then man didn't choose to go for the other side. I choose to go for the other side. At yeah. the end of the day, it will give more opportunity for many people. Never give the opportunity. My thing I say for full man maybe I, supp- I support to bash him. I have yeah. to be fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving along. From Mundini, November 2008, you travelled to the USA and won the vacant IBO Super Middleweight Championship. I remember this one over Peter Manfredo via the third round KO. What's your recollections of that fight? Oh, that fight was just was just awesome because I fought Peter uh, Manfredo and your hometown. I don't know in Rush Island and New York, and where they have all this Italian gangster mafia, whatever. And when I was there, I beat I beat him, and then it was just that time. Sometimes you beat people for that city where them support them, home there, and then people they start to where they borrow everything, and then the promoter come to the ring and say, "Stop it." And when they stop and then start and cram me, it was just that kind of thing. Sometimes you beat someone, people them very, them very, they're not very happy with, yeah. with that victory. And then the promoter went to the ring and he said to the support and said to the support me and then cram me and then laugh me and then say this. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it was just that kind of victory. You go sometimes for some home ground for some for some men for like in New York. And then Rush Allen and beat him over there, and people then want to do you, but after the end, and say, No, it's not good. And then they love you after that. Yeah. For me, it was just the <laughs> dream come to win the RBO World yeah. Champion. And then in New York, you know, for me, it was just very awesome to win that RBO and beat it like uh, Manfred and Creel on stopping him. And for me, it was just awesome, yes. And I enjoy it because the way I enjoyed that belt, it was just people that was very upset. After that, there was then there was now become my friend and love me. Then so you very tough, you very strong, and then then give me all the the love. You know I can I can I can have it over there after beating my friend there. It was just against all that right, chapter for my you know for my history. You know to go there, yeah. get, sh- get hit and get love again. Before just <laughs> I was just very happy to win the RB over there. Yeah, well, this interview is getting better. In November 2010, you fought undefeated and Olympic gold medalist, medalist Andre Ward in the USA. You lost by a unanimous decision. Please tell us about that fight. It was another oh, ripper. with Andre Ward again, you know, many people, them always say again, I always say, it was the same thing I said before we, we joke as that if you always turn the sun up and then, then see negative <laughs> sitting, <laughs> then cry to, you know, because you want to see some the commentary, and then you see after the fact, and then you you, re, you recognize Sakyo Bika is just that kind of starting guy, he comes to fight, because after that, when you see the interview for, you know, I will ask you say for Andrew War, he say he was mm-hmm. tough, like you yeah. know, he trained very hard, and then when you see step again, he aimed to say he couldn't like I say, I want the people just behind. He say he was very lucky to win that fight. He got yeah. at the end of the day, he say 
he was picking black leg. He said that for many people. They ask me them say, Andrew, yeah. uh, no, Andrew was he was picking black. He was very slow, maybe for two weeks. He couldn't move. Yeah. And then for me, and then it was just that kind of, you know, toughness. And then that kind of guy. Eh? Sometimes yeah. you you beat people, and then you won the fight, and they not have a decision. Yeah. Sometimes they want to disqualify me. And then when you see the referee for that fight, we'll, we'll every get... single time Angle was hit by me, he never said nothing. And I was thinking, say, me, I supposed to hit back or do something. Yeah. Sometimes it all about me. The referee didn't say nothing. It was very rough and very, very, very rough and very dirty. And then I was thinking, say, me, I was a dirty father. I wasn't. But the thing that I was just looking <laughs> something to get disqualified. And for me, again, I was just saying, I was just very happy to share the ring with this kind yeah. of champion. I'm, I'm, like, I'm one of the champions too. Right. But the thing is, I've never just had the chance to people to give me the credit, to give me the credit that this is true. No, this guy, if he then get lucky and get victory, they have to give you the rematch. You mean, and you, that was just the poop. The point is, all these big fights are full, like a Joker, as I say, Andrew Wong, Lucien Butte. Moving along, mate. You're in fine form. form. Eh? You're in fine form because after Andre Ward, you beat Alfred Cortez, then you beat Dylan Davies, and then you you had another victory over Marco Antonio. Uh, that was another great fight. In June 2013, you fought the undefeated Mark, Marco Antonio for the WBC Super Middleweight Championship. You won this one by unanimous decision. Please tell us your memories of that night you became the WBC champion, Sakio. Oh, that was one of the... Sutena is one of the best memories because... One of the best, yeah? One of the best because, you know, like uh, getting unlucky, unlucky, unlucky for so many tattoos, for the Linata, and then, at the end of the day, and won the WBC, WBC World Champion. This wow. You know, I was just very hard. Obviously, I never forget that time in 2013. You know, it's a date I never forget. It was set in June. It was the June that won the WBC yeah. World Title. What a great moment that was. Yeah, the great moment. No? And then, said today, said people that today, said I know fast, you know, I have the WBC in my home looking and just see. Yeah. I have two 23 years professional. And then, I won the WBC, I won the RBO, yeah. and then I become the world champion. It's just a kind of dream. It's a great like dream. Every young kid. He always want to be. He want. He want to achieve. He want to become a world champion. He in said, your, "I want to become a professional. Okay. I want to win something." Well, in your and very was, in your very okay. next fight, you fought the undefeated Andre Jarrell to a draw. What's your recollections recollections of that fight? The very next fight. It wasn't long after and, that one. And the other next fight was just how I always say to with Paul again. You know, being in that being in that position. You know, African Australian coming from Africa. And then you, I was the number one contender mm -hmm. when I fought for the WBC, and I won the WBC. I was supposed to choose exactly who I was supposed to fight for my first fight, and they yeah. forced me to fight Anthony Darrell because they want to take the belt off of my hand. And then I beat it for the first fight, and then they was draw. And then you rematched him. You, you rematched him. Uh, you you, you rematched him in your very next fight, losing your world title by unanimous decision. Please tell us about the fight and what, what went wrong that night and the very next one. 
I think what went wrong happened you again, then forced me to fight the rematch, and then yeah. ah, you didn't want to take it. You didn't want to take that fight. I didn't want to tell yeah. me then offer. Okay. the good money, mm-hmm. big money. I, I couldn't refuse. I just say I will take it, and I take it, and I train very hard, very good, and then the second fight. I'm telling you, Paul. That one is the first fight I have to agree. Yeah. Say I lost that fight because I have to say again the truth because I didn't know exactly what went wrong. I, I was maybe uh, prepared for that fight for six weeks in America. And then mm-hmm. one person had to be like a, one person had to, you know, you maybe one day if you ask him, it can be maybe Ben Diamond it was there. And then yeah. that fight, for the first punch in the dressing room, I was flat. I don't know what happened. I don't want to say if it's something happened or then this something for me. I was training for six weeks with Chris Barring partner. I was bashing them up. I was running every day. I was fit. People that were thinking I was supposed to stop Anthony Darrell. Yeah. And uh, I went there for that night. The first punch, I was flat. Don't yeah. that fast on time. You don't know exactly what happened. I don't want to say I will grow or something. And that fight I was very I can't say I win that fight. I was very, very Flat for that fight, yeah. I don't know what happened, and I, I lose the fight. And for me, I always say, you no, know, it's always boxing. Sometimes yeah. you good, sometimes you get flat, and then I lose that fight with Anthony Dara, and I lose my water. So. Okay, and your next fight, you challenge for the WBC light heavyweight championship in Canada against Adonis Stephenson. You lost a close unanimous decision. I remember this one as well. What's your exactly. memories of that fight? Few more questions to go, mate. Yep, no, we and we. We, uh, Stevenson, you know, how you say, uh, uh, Paul, you have to say, if, uh, if he wasn't, if he wasn't the knocked out, you know, as supposed to be again, the world champion, La Heavy, was very, very close, but it was yeah. just the first, the two knock, the two, um, I would say one, I, I sleep, but the other one, I get, I get grubbed, if I, was, I wasn't grubbed, because mm-hmm. very, very, very close, but because if he wasn't grubbed, maybe I supposed to be again, La Heavy, it's just sometimes that kind of unlucky sometimes, you know, I get grubbed. Maybe it was maybe in the seventh round, I get up, I hold, I give it like, I push it all the way, man, again of the end. You know, it was just that time sometimes. Yeah. The fight was very close, but I get grubbed, man, sometimes. You cannot say you win the fight again yeah. because you went out for the last heavyweight and then you push the champion, better, you know, very yeah. back, you push yeah. him. And the fight was very cool. Again, you, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't la heavy. I was just a super middleweight going yeah. to la heavyweight. And then yeah. the fight was very close. And I, I lost the fight again. I was just there. I was again, again. Yeah, after your career's uh, your your career was coming to an end. Fortunate for me, I was able to promote your next two fights. Luke Sharp, you won. That was a good yeah. night at, in Wollongong, and then Gerard. Astovic, you beat him at the Star City. I had the pleasure of promoting you twice there, mate. Your fights become sparmonic after sparmonic after that. What, 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 what were you not? Why were you unable to have consistent fights, mate? You think you, you'd had enough? You, you, the drive wasn't there anymore. Um, I didn't listen to your question again, Paul. And Paul, can you please repeat your question again? Why, why were you unable to have consistent fights towards the end there? You. You, could, you couldn't get consistent fights, mate. I couldn't get consistent fights because, you know, you know, anywhere, everyone, every manager, every promoter, everyone around the world, 
they never gave me the opportunity to get because nobody didn't want to find me. Yeah. And nobody didn't want to take the risk to find me. Yeah. And then I was just in, inside the battle because people they knew so this guy just too strong for yeah. everyone. Yeah. And then that was I never get considered for because people they don't want to fight, people they scared to fight again. If I was maybe a half, like if we maybe Australia was maybe one of the Australia is the best country is the best country or the big country. It's not like England, America or Canada, they have big promoters with mm. big money. They can force people. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I was just in a bad food because so I was living in Australia. I didn't yeah. want to go live to America. It mm -hmm. was maybe my fault to not go live in America because I yeah. have this opportunity to go live in America and then keep getting me big fat. And then I did I, I didn't want it and maybe that was maybe was the problem. Living in Australia and just going to make a fight and yeah. that was maybe was maybe the bad shows I did because I didn't want to go live in America. But again, you loved end, Australia too much, didn't you, yes, buddy? Yeah, and no, at the end, pool, you know, I never regret for my career because I said people that didn't want to fight me. You know, yeah. what I did, you know, fighting all the best fights, beating all these guys, they may become a world champion, maybe one the contender, one the RBO, oh, yeah. one maybe one of the, maybe one of the big birds in Australia, like a NBF, WBC International, WBO International, like a RB, RB, uh, RBF Pan Pacific, uh, maybe oh, you want I want so many. Okay, let's get it. Everyone in Australia, you, you know, for me, getting all the other birds, like a little bird, like a WBO, like a, all these little birds, and then one all that bird, I always say maybe I have the best career in my life. Yeah. I, know, I never regret. No, you don't. Well, your last fight was against your nemesis, Sam Solomon, in March 2021. And you never officially have announced your, your retirement. Has the Scorpion retired or not? You haven't officially ever um, said nothing. Um, I, um, I never, come on, mate. You've got to... I never say, um, <laughs> I never say um, retire. I never say... You never said that? The, I the see. thing is, Paul, if you, tomorrow you say you have a one fight for Sakobika... You show me the money, maybe I will yeah. consider to have more one more family if the money is not right. So I can get you on again. I can get you on again for a third time, Saki, are you saying? Yeah, mate. The thing is, I never fight for free again for this country. I put nah. money for free, yeah. and then if the money is not there, maybe I never fought again. And that was I say. I can't say I'll retire. Maybe I'm retired He's now. not retired. Jeez, you don't know, do you, mate? Every time I go to a gym, no, you're I'm always at a different gym training. Yeah, but... <laughs> Always a different thing. I just keep it fit, try to make sure I'm getting fit, and then if it maybe at the end of this year nothing happen, maybe next year, you know, because sometimes you can't say retire. Maybe I will see, maybe I hang on my glove, and then maybe retire because you know I'm 44 now. Maybe yeah. start maybe to. How old? How old are you? Sorry, a bit sad. I don't know. Maybe 44. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> well, you've had a great career so far, and I hope that's it. 35 wins, 22 by KO. Seven losses and three draws. Who was your... Who, I've got to ask you, so you fought the very best in your division. We all know that. Looking back at your career, who was the best you ever fought? And who was okay. the toughest? Thank you, Paul, to ask me. You know, people that all ask me about that question, I think people listen for me today. I think I know who you're going to say. Yeah, I have to be very, very fair and very professional because they don't have to see me because I fought... Uh, I fought Joker exactly. Oh, I knew yeah. you were going to say that. I'm, I'm no, no, no. I no, I can't say that. My okay. toughest fight, my toughest fight, fight. fight, I fought 
is this guy Jadon Carrington the guy win the contender? Because oh, if he, okay. he was your toughest. Bad, I remember it. Yeah, that is the toughest because if you see when the guy grow me, and I never have no left again, getting there and come and win the contender, mm -hmm. you know, I had to be very fair. Joe Kazaki wasn't tough. Angola wasn't yeah. tough. Silver Addison wasn't tough. Uh, uh, Joe and uh, recent beauty wasn't tough. Man, when I fought this guy, Jadon Carrington, I think that was my toughest part because yeah. to survive that run, and the first one I know he knocked me out, mm -hmm. and then my list was gone. And to survive that and win that that fight, that, that fight, it was one of the toughest fights because I don't know what how I did it. Man, mm. when they asked me, someone everyone asked me that was one of my yeah. toughest fights. I can't I can't bullshit. Nah, nah, you mate, you say what you like like on here now. After you fought that uh, Gerard Edger topic at the Star City Casino, I picked him up the next day. Him and his trainer Luca to take him back to the airport and Gerard come out he could hardly walk he jumped in the car with great difficulty this is the very next day yeah. and they spoke good English they were from Bosnia they were really good to deal with and he, he said suck yeah well, hit me everywhere he hit me in the butt hit me <laughs> he hit me in the back <laughs> he could hardly move your punches you heard him in you heard him in the he, you hit him in the in the glute in the left glute and he couldn't he couldn't move for the rest of the for the last four rounds, he was telling me he was laughing while he's telling me. I said, "Would you come back and fight him?" He goes, "No way." <laughs> <laughs> Before you go, Sakio, what's your advice to any young kid wanting to take up boxing? My advice, I can say for the young, to sometimes this young kid, my advice with them is just uh, when you dream to become a father, one thing I would just have to be disciplined. You have to train hard and you have to believe. And the belief you have to believe is that bad. You can never say, you never say when you believe, say, if you just want to win, is that bad up and down. Mm -hmm. And the boxing and love, what I have to say for all these young kids, when they want to start, boxing never, never give you happiness. Boxing give you sadness. But sadness is, yeah. boxing always drop you down. Make you, you have to have that heart. If you don't have heart, because boxing never lift you up, it lift you down. Mm -hmm. Bring you down, bring you down. Yeah. You show how strong yeah. you are. If you're strong, survive. Because when I say strong, when you start, you get sores, broken nose, oh, yeah. black everywhere. Yeah. You so, you're not, to so you're not going to make a cup. You're not going to continue on. So you're saying you've retired, mate, after saying this? I'm trying to get no, it out of him, Bob. i got Bob uh, Holt here listening in, the president yeah. of the New South Wales Veteran Boxers. Do you think he's retired, yeah. Bob? What do you think? I think he's got a big heart, and I think if the money was there, he might take it on. Did you hear that, Sakio? I hear that, yeah. Yeah. Sakio, before you go, who's the greatest fighter of all time that you've ever seen? The greatest all time I've never seen is Sakio Bika. <laughs> okay, I like that. Okay, on behalf of all boxing fans in Australia, thank you for the great memory, Sakio. You certainly had a great career. And may I just add, one of your number one fans, Harris Moores, who you're very good friends with, yeah. he put these questions together for me. When I, when I told him I'm putting Sakio on, he, he wanted to put the questions together because he followed your every single fight, mate. Okay. No, I'm very glad to put that question. I thought that was a very great question, and I'm very, very... Happy and very thankful to be on the and this and and this show and the interview and I'm very grateful to answer all that question. I'm very thankful to answer. I'm very so happy to be part for the for 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 this uh, for yeah. Good on you, Saki. Good on you, Saki. Yeah. Can you call me Don King one more time before you go, mate? 
Yes, you know, you know, I always say since I knew Paul, I think Paul is the best promoter. I can say dunking because in dunking, Tampa, right? the Austra- American <laughs> dunking and Australia because <laughs> everyone is looking for the big opportunity. Like yeah. that you've been looked up very well. You have to bring and you have to come and see the best promoter in Australia, dunking Paul. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go out with um your the song the song you requested Bob Marley Bob Marley get up stand up thanks thank you so much uh, Sakia for coming on the show mate yeah I'm very happy to be on the show and thank you for everyone listening for us around Australia thanks thank you very much Sakia we'll talk soon buddy yeah we're talking soon thank you for a great interview mate take care buddy. And that was Saki Abika. What a great fighter he was. He won't die wondering, will he? He fought the best. He deserved more than what he got. We'll come back and wrap up the show after this song. Don't go away.